0: Today we are going to finish up the series entitled Winning the War on Your Mind. The last uh, four weeks we have been talking about that and what do we know about uh, 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 winning the war in our mind? We know that most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind and we know that it's, it's nearly impossible to have a positive life when you have a negative mind and and that can be a problem when, you, when your mind races with negative thoughts and irrational worries like mine often does. I wonder how many of you today can relate to irrational thoughts or, or, uh, or runaway fears that often sometimes just consume you. Anybody relate with that? All right, I'm talking to the right people here today. But uh, I, And I don't know what it would be for you. Maybe you're a student and you're worried about making a bad grade on a test because you know if you make a bad grade on the test... You're afraid you might, not, you might not get into the right college, and then you won't get the right job. And, and if you don't have the right job, you won't marry the right person. And if you marry the wrong person, you'll have the wrong kids. And because they're the wrong kids, they're going to need braces, and braces are expensive. And you'll just put braces on them, and then you can't afford to send them to college because you're still paying for your college uh, uh, loan yourself. And so your kids won't have the education they need, and they'll resort to a life of crime, and they'll go to prison, which gives you a headache. And speaking of headache, I think I have a brain tumor. Your mind races in all the wrong directions. You know what I'm talking about? I'm exaggerating there, but not a whole lot, though, <laughs> right? And uh, I, I, we're just joking, but you know, but uh, about maybe just getting a bad grade, but, but you, you know, you watch what's on the news or you hear what happens in the life of someone that, that you love, or, or you're fighting for your, a good marriage and, and you're wondering, is it ever gonna work? And you have more bills than you know how to pay and you're, you're, you're trying to make some kind of decision about the future. And, and it is so easy for us for, to allow our minds to race and to be overwhelmed with very real feelings of anxiety and fear. And that's why I want to start today's message with the Word of God. We're going to be reading again from Philippians chapter 4. And in the the context here, it's the Apostle Paul writing, and he was writing as a Roman prisoner under house arrest, awaiting potential execution. He may die uh, before he gets out of this this situation. And the Apostle Paul said these powerful words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This is what he said, beginning in verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and what else? That's right. Say it out loud again. Your minds in Christ Jesus. He goes on and says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. Think about such things. Then verse 9. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And then there's that last line. And the God of peace will be with you. The title of today's message is Calm My Anxious Mind. Anybody ever need to pray that prayer? Calm my anxious mind. Let's pray together. Father, we ask that you would do just that. That, that we would take whatever is heavy on our minds and heavy on our hearts and we would bring it before you, casting our cares upon you, God, because we know that you care for us. And God, as we seek you, we ask that you would re- renew our minds with your truth. God, we cast all our burdens on you, believing that you care for us, and we pray that you would give us peace of heart and peace of mind, even beyond what the world would, would, could possibly begin to understand. And we pray this in the strong name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I want you to look at the person next to you and say, peace be unto you. Yes. Come on, do it again. Say it again. Say it nice and loud to him. Yes. Peace be unto you. And if that's too, if that's too formal for you, you can look at him and say, peace, dude. If that's if that was, go ahead, say it, peace, dude. You can type it in on the chat there. Peace, dude. All right. Let's, let's talk about worry. Let's talk about anxiety, and let's talk about the mind if you remember uh, one of the key thoughts from our series is this and that is your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts And, and, and that's really really good news if your thoughts are good and helpful and positive but it's really really bad news if your thoughts are always negative so what do we know about our about the mind we've been talking about the mind both in scripture and in science because God is the God of science, because all truth is God's truth. If it's truth, He invented it. And in our brains, we know that there is this little almond-shaped portion of the brain known as the amygdala. And the amygdala is an interesting little part of the brain. that's, that's part of the brain that's wired for survival. If, you've ever, if you ever find yourself in a moment where you feel the need to fight or the need to, for flight, it's because your, your amygdala is actively engaged. Anytime you're in danger, this God-given little portion of the brain, the amygdala, kicks in and it sends your body a strong dose of adrenaline and it says, be on guard, be aware, be alert, run if you have to. So if you see a poisonous snake or if you're like me, if you see any kind of snake, the, the, the amygdala says, snake, <laughs> you know, be, run, that's what it says right there, stay away. If you're driving and the driver is texting and they're not paying attention and they start swerving over into your lane, your amygdala kicks in and says, be aware, be alert, be be careful, you're in danger. And maybe it takes over your vocal cords and says a few other things too, but I'm not going to go into that today. Or if you have an alarm system or a smoke alarm, this is a good one. You have a smoke alarm in your home and it goes off at three o'clock in the morning. It always goes off at three o'clock in the morning. I don't know why. But it, but it does it, and in that moment, your amygdala kicks in, and, 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 and it says, panic. It says, be careful. There's danger, 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 Will Robinson. You know, I don't know if anybody remembers. Well, anybody remember? The, okay, a few of the old folks here. Anyway, God gave us that portion of our brain for our protection. But the problem is that the amygdala is not objective. The amygdala is hardwired to protect, and it's very, very easily triggered. So I'll give you an example of how the mind works. I know of a guy who, uh, uh, when he was a little boy, and this is a true story, he was driving back from a restaurant with his family. They had gone out to this place. They loved to go. And evidently, while they're driving home, his dad did something in his driving that displeased another driver. And this guy started following him. In fact, he followed them all the way back to their house. So, you know, I mean, is getting out of control in a hurry. So the family, they got home. They started getting out of their car. And this, this guy's dad, he didn't know what he did to offend the guy. But this guy got out of a blue van and he charged straight at his dad for a fight. Well, uh, he picked the wrong guy because this guy's dad could hold his own against anybody. So let's just say his dad laid hands on him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All in uh, all in self-defense and quickly the guy realized that he was outclassed and he ran back to the van, sending you know anybody he was nice he gave him a little one finger salute and and he said some very dishonoring things about his mother but but then the thing is that night the, the boy's mom sat the children down and said all right there's a guy out there we don't know who he is but he hates us and he knows where we live. He's obviously irrational and he's probably really dangerous. So here's the thing. Anytime you see a blue van, you need to come inside and lock the doors. Well, what turned out what happened was that for years, this guy, he every time he'd see a blue van, he'd start having almost a panic attack. You know, he want to run inside and get away from it. And it was all goes it all goes back to that amygdala kicking in and, and making him afraid. And that's why. Our amygdala needs a little help from another thing that God gave us called the prefrontal cortex. And the prefrontal cortex is the logical part of the brain. So so there's a noise at night in the house and your amygdala screams, you're going to die. And the prefrontal cortex steps in and says, no, it's probably a cat. You're not going to die. There's probably a very logical explanation. The amygdala is all panic. The prefrontal cortex is all logic. The problem with the amygdala is it always responds according to the, it, to the pre-programming. I, I don't know what it would be in your life, because, uh, but because of, of some hurt or some fear or some trauma in your life or perhaps a misunderstanding of something that happened to you, my guess, that there are certain people or places or events or some type of news that triggers you with feelings of anxiety and fear and tension and you don't even know why sometimes. Your mind as we saw in the video your mind can run to a worst case scenario where you find yourself suddenly maybe short of breath and panicking and and wondering and trying to control things that you can't control and you can find yourself completely overwhelmed by a runaway mind you know what i'm talking about anybody been on webmd Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever have the runaway mind on WebMD? You know, you get on there and it's like you got a a sore spot in your back. And next thing you know, I've got I've got three days to live at max. I mean, that's just the way we do. We go to the worst case scenario. And that's why Paul said this from a Roman prison because he could have easily gone to worst case scenario because he faces a potential death sentence. He could have easily let the amygdala take control and let the emotions take control. And he could have, he could have written, he could have said, man, I don't know. I'm probably not getting out of this thing alive. I don't know what you're going to do, but, it's, but I can't help you anymore. He could have done that. But I want to read it to you again. This is what he said. While he's in prison, while he's facing potential execution. He says do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. Now that could be your test, that could be your job interview, that could be your health situation, it could be a decision about the future you need to make, it could be about a financial burden that you're dealing with, but he said don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, whether it's a big situation or a small situation, Every situation. In other words, if it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. He cares about you more than you can even imagine. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, what do you do? You present your requests to God. And when you give your burdens to God, Scripture says in verse 7, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and what? Your minds in Christ Jesus. When I give my burdens to God, His peace will guard my mind. When I give my burdens to God, His peace will guard my mind. His peace will guard my mind. Somebody say that out loud. His peace will guard my mind. But you know what? It's crazy to me how how even Christians often discount the power of prayer. You, you see it all the time. People will be in a situation, we might be talking, and I, I have even said this sort of thing before, but you probably have, but, but somebody will say something like, well, all we can do now is pray. All we can do now is pray. I, I can almost imagine God in heaven looking down on the situation and saying, and what, you think that's nothing? You think that the God who can move mountains, the God who could raise the dead, the God who could heal the sick and open blind eyes, Prayer to God like that is a last resort? No, no, no. Prayer is powerful. And as followers of Jesus, we have to recognize that prayer is never our last line of defense. It's always our first line of offense. The author of Hebrews said, Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We can come in prayer boldly, with confidence. Why? To find help in our time of need. In James 4.2 he said you do not have. Why? Because you do not ask. Because you have not prayed. Prayer is always powerful. Now it doesn't mean we always get what we pray for exactly the way we want it. It means that every time we pray the hand of God is moving. He's doing something. He's working in the backgrounds. He's dealing with something. He's working inside of you. But he's always answering every prayer. Just not always the way we want. We understand that, we really do, because our kids come to us with, we, with what we could call prayers. You know, right before dinner, you could have a small child come up to you and offer a prayer to mom. Oh, mom, thou great and wonderful mother, wouldst thou give me a chocolate candy bar before dinner? You're going to answer them, aren't you? But it's not going to be the answer they want. So he'll always answer but he's always going to answer according to what's best for you because he knows what's best for you better than anybody, even you, maybe especially you. How many of you realize that uh, often what you think you really need, uh, you find out later was actually a, a curse to you. Has that ever happened? Yeah. Yeah. A few people, some people get a little animated about it. But, you know, that, that's just the way it is. But, um, Prayer is always pow- powerful, but here's what I want you to see. Not only does prayer move the heart of God, but prayer also changes the chemistry in your brain. Prayer changes things, but it changes us. I'm going I'm to say it again. prayer. Not only does prayer touch and move the heart of God, but prayer changes the chemistry in your brain, which is fascinating to me because for decades, neurologists believed that your brain didn't change after adolescence. How many of you are glad that your brain changed after adolescence? You know, I mean, telling you, I don't know about you, but I thank God in heaven that my brain did not freeze when I was a 15-year-old. <laughs> that would be really bad news for me and everybody else, but our brains continue to change, uh, it continue to rewire the, themselves and, and and we talked about the neural pathways and when when you when you think a thought, it's easier to think that thought again and our brains are continually changing and the, the term, the scientific term for that is neuroplasticity. And that just means that it's constantly evolving, constantly rewiring itself. And, and there's a fascinating field of study that's known as neurotheology. Isn't that an interesting name? Neurotheology is the study of the mind and the study of God. And what neurotheology does, it's very fascinating, it studies the relationship between the brain and a belief in God. And here's what research shows. Research shows that prayer actually changes your brain. In the book, Switch on Your Brain, Dr. Carolyn Leaf said this. It's been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. Prayer has such an impact and it's not just the spirit, it is a physical impact on your body that prayer has. When we if we'll take 12 minutes of daily focused prayer for eight weeks, it changes the way you think. It changes your brain chemistry. Not only does prayer touch the heart of God, but prayer changes the brain. So just as toxic and, and negative thoughts harm your brain, prayer heals the brain. It transforms your brain. It literally renews your mind. So as we think about worry, the question is, why do we worry? Why do we find ourselves so anxious? If we're followers of Jesus and we should completely trust in God, why is it that our minds often race in irrational ways? Well, in many cases, we're experiencing what scientists call an amygdala hijack. Our little amygdala takes over that's wired to protect and it says you're in trouble. You better take control. You better work harder. You better figure this out. You better stay up to two in the morning and worry about this because if you don't, it's only going to get worse. So science would say that we're experiencing an amygdala hijack. But scripture would say that we worry because our mind is dominated by sinful thinking. In fact, what is the definition of worry? A simple definition of worry would be this. Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. Sin is, uh, worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and power of God. Worry is essentially saying to God, God, I don't trust you. I don't believe in your goodness in this situation. I don't believe you care about what I care about. I don't believe that you're going to come through. So I'm going to worry about this because ultimately I don't trust you. Instead of letting my sinful nature control my mind, which is what can so easily happen, what happens to us naturally, what I want to do as a follower of Jesus is I want to choose to let the Spirit direct my thinking. Instead of letting my sinful nature run my mind in all sorts of fearful ways, I'm going to choose to let the Holy Spirit, which dwells in me, direct my thinking. I'm going to let the logical part of my brain choose that which is spiritual. I'm going to take my prefrontal cortex and I'm going to say to myself, you think on what is true. You think on what is excellent. You think on what is praiseworthy. I'm going to go through all those things that Paul talked about. And I'm going to tell myself, this is what I'm going to choose to think about. And I say, I'm putting my trust completely in you, God. And In fact, here's how Scripture says it in Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. Again, it's the Apostle Paul speaking. And he says that those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. When your mind is dominated by your sinfulness, your mind drifts toward things that are dishonoring to God, you think about sinful things. But, but he goes on, he says, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and what? Peace. And that's why we're going to take every thought captive and we're going to make it obedient to Christ. From a scientific standpoint, we're going to let our prefrontal cortex grab our amygdala by the tail and say, you quit being so irrational. We're choosing to be spiritual. We're choosing to trust God. We're giving this to God. I'm choosing by, God, uh, 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 by, by faith to trust in you, God, to believe in you and to give you my burden. When, it, when irrational fears start to run wild, grab that thought, take it captive, and make it obedient to Christ. I'm not going to let my sinful, fearful, dishonoring nature run my mind in the wrong direction. What do you do? You intentionally choose to let the Holy Spirit direct your thoughts. You make a choice when those fears are running wild. You interrupt that thought and you say, No, 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 you are my captive now. I'm not thinking these thoughts. I'm going to choose what I'm going to think, and I'm going to begin to think in terms of faith. I'm going to think about what God is doing. I'm going to think about God's goodness. I'm going to think about God's mercy. I'm going to think about God's peace. I'm going to think about God's power, because when I begin to dwell on him, when I begin to think about him, all of a sudden, his greatness comes into view, and when his greatness comes into view, then I see how big he is, and when I see how big he is, I see how little that worry is. Does that make sense? Why do we do this? Well, I'm going to give you actually a visual example that perhaps something you could use in your own life uh, that will help you with this. And uh, all of us at some point in some way have something that we're worried about, something that, that tends to crop up. The good news is that we're not our own. We serve a good and faithful God. So, so what do you do? What do you typically do if you're a follower of Jesus and you're worried about something? What we're, what we're told in Scripture is we take our worry, we take our concern, we take our burden, and we give it to God. Now, I'm going to use this as an illustration here. There we go. Everybody can see that? You can read that? All the way in back you can read that? Oh, good. I got letters big enough. So what we do, what we do is we take our worry, whatever it is, and you know, you can... Here's a, something you could do at home. You can write down that worry. You can write down that fear, and you take it, and you, and you give it to God. You say, God, I'm giving it to you. I trust you with my worry. It is yours now because I've given it to you. It is not mine. I, I trust it with you, you with it, and I give it to God. And, and then what we do, what do we do? We, when we pray and we, when we do that, what do we often do? We, we wait, and then we get freaked out because it's been five minutes, and, like, nothing's happened. Right? And so you take it back from God and say, God, I don't really trust you with that. Symbolically, whenever we worry, that's essentially what we're doing. We're taking it back from God. That's what we're doing. And we're saying, God, I'm I'm, going to pray about this, but I don't see what I want to see happening, and I'm still worried. And we're essentially taking that very thing back that we gave to God. Why do we do that? The reason is, is that your God is too small and your worries are too big. And some of us need to realize we have a bigger God and a smaller worry. You're going to take whatever it is. And and you're going to, whatever is weighing on you, whatever is dominating your mind, the the scripture says that we're going to cast our cares upon God. With prayer and petition, we take everything Everything, whether it's big or small, everything, and we give it to God. And what I, want, I would encourage you to do, maybe you want to do this at home, maybe you don't, want, I don't care. It's up to you if you want to do it, but you get your own box. It doesn't have to be as cool as mine. You don't have to put the word God on it if you want. It doesn't have to be as big, but my worries are big, so I'm going to get a big box. But but, but I, I encourage you. Maybe you could do this, and this will help you with the way you think. But you can you can do this, and when you pray, with you take whatever it is to God, whatever is dominating your mind, whatever you're, you're worrying about, and then and then you you you, you and you can just get a, even a shoebox or something. But you write that down on a piece of paper, and the, and, the, and when you find your mind is racing and you find yourself worried about something, I want you just to take it to God in prayer and then write it down on on a piece of paper. It might be your teenager you're worried about. It might be your marriage. It might be your future. It might be your health. It might be your job. It might be your finances. It could be your family. It might be anything, but you're going to cast your cares upon God because He cares for you. You're going to give it to Him. You give it to God, and then you trust Him with it And then, you know what you're going to do? You're going to go on with your life trusting God. You're going to leave it there. And any time you choose to worry about that, what you have to do then is you have to go back over to your God box. And you have to take that thing that you've already given to God out of the box to symbolically remind yourself that you're choosing at that moment not to put your trust in God. But you're choosing to worry about it yourself. You see how powerful that, that could be in teaching us to re, rethink things? Because if I have to physically take that out of there, now suddenly it's a reminder to me, wait a minute. Why am I taking it from the one who can actually do something about it? Why am I pulling it from the hands of God and worrying about it myself? I already gave it to Him. If I gave it to Him, it belongs to Him. Why am I, being, why am I taking it back from Him? Why am I being the one who's trying to worry about these things? I, it, this, is, this is God's. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there. You know, if you ask me what worries me, you know, I have all sorts of wor- different worries that burden my heart from time to time. It's a little bit embarrassing to tell you uh, sometimes what I worry about, but here, here's one. I love my wife Julie so, so much. And, uh, and sometimes when she's running late, which respectfully happens regularly, uh, you know, or maybe she's gone somewhere and I expected her home earlier and she has this, she loves to go To these like, you know, discount places, these bargain places and I'm thankful because she she does all her she loves to shop at you know, what used clothing stores. So I'm, I'm a blessed man. I'm thankful for that. But I don't always know she's doing all those things, and so she'll be gone way longer than what I expect. And all of a sudden, my mind starts to wonder, and I start worrying, is she okay? Uh, you know, did something happen to her? And my mind can go in the most ridiculous uh, direction, and I begin to imagine her in an overturned vehicle by the side of the road somewhere, just broken and bloody and un- unable to call for help when she's just looking at a new sweater. Same is true with my, my children, you know, sometimes they jump in Aaron's car and go someplace like they recently took a trip, they went up to visit some family and uh, in, in the Joplin area and, and when they're coming back, you know, I was just had this irrational worry and there was one point in time that they, they came, the, they, they missed the GPS directions and they ended up coming along a different way and they had to come through the mountains down through West Plains and all that stuff and all these windy roads and and there's, and there's not all cell coverage, and so there was a big section of time when I couldn't get a hold of them, and during that time, my mind was just going crazy, thinking they're probably, they're probably in the middle of the night, stranded, they're somewhere, and there's nobody going to find them, and all this crazy stuff gots, goes, starts going through my mind. Am I the only one? Okay, I just want to know if I'm abnormal or not. But that's the kind of thing. And then there, you know, there, there, there's things about the church, you know? It, the, the, the spiritual responsibility of leading, leading the church There's so many problems and heartaches that different people have And sometimes that begins to eat away at me And I begin to worry about those things And maybe it's the finances of the church that, that gets tight Or maybe the attendance isn't what, what I'd like to see Which it's great to see everybody today But I'm telling you, I feel like we're going to tip over this way today But, uh, but you know, I, 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 it's, and, and so I begin to worry about those things I mean, I don't, I don't want to let God down it's, it's heavy on me. It's, it's really heavy on me. These, these are my worries. What, what do I need to do with those things? I need to give them to God. And you know what? Instead of just giving my worries to God, I want to give my life to God so that I'm hidden with God in Christ Jesus. My whole life belongs to Him. Everything, including all my worries, including all my fears, it all belongs to Him. I trust Him. I believe in Him. He's good and He's always faithful. And listen, I want to give you three big thoughts on how to approach life. This won't take very long, but in how to deal with worry and leave it behind. This is how we can live our lives. This is, this is the, what I try to, how I try to live my life. You ready for this? First of all, do what you can do. Just do what you can do. Say it out loud. Do what I can do. do. Say it one more time. In other words, here's what I mean by that. If you have an exam coming up, you're not going to just pray about it and trust God. What are you going to do? You're going to study. You're going to do your part. You're going to do something. You know, if you're you're worried about your finances, the first thing you're going to do is, You're going to to honor God with your tithe, and you're going to trust him with that. If you you want to get in better shape, you're not just going to be praying about about your health, right? You're going to eat right, and you're going to exercise, and you're going to take care of your body. And I know that's blasphemy for a lot of us in here, myself included. But you're going to do what you can do, all right? Because some of us, we pray about things uh, that, that God says, wait a minute, you know, I want you to take some steps. This is what I want you to do. You know, and I've had people say, you know, pray, God, help me to make a good decision. Well, you have to make the decision. He's not going to do it for you. You, So you do what you can do. But here's the second thing. This is really important because this is where a lot of us get tripped up. The second thing is give God what we can't do. Somebody say that, say, I'm going to give God what I can't do. Say it again. I'm going to give God what I can't do. So I'm going to do what I can do. And then there are things that I know that I can't do. Things that are out of my control. Things that I cannot affect. I cannot change. I may try to manipulate circumstances to try to get something to happen. But they are beyond my control. For example, I can't change a heart. I can't make my children love God. There's so many things. I can't heal a body. I can't do all of these things. So what do I have to do? Instead of worrying about what I can't do, I give that to God. I give that to God. So I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to give God what I can't do. And finally, here's a big one. Trust God no matter what. Trust God no matter what. Whether things are good whether things are bad, whether I'm afraid, whether I'm secure, whether whatever is happening in my life, it doesn't make any difference. I'm going to make a decision to trust Him no matter what. God, I'm going to do what I can do. God, I'm going to, I'm going to cast my cares upon You and give You what I can't do. And no matter what, because of Your goodness, God, because of Your, your promises, because of Your faithfulness, because of who You are, I'm going to trust You. I'm going, to, I'm going to close by this. I want you to imagine what it would feel like to have a heart of peace for a moment. Think about that. And I want you to imagine a life filled with unending joy. Imagine what it would be like to have your life right now with every burden, every weight just lifted off your shoulder. And I want to tell you, it's possible. And it's a choice. It's a choice. Will you be dominated by your sinful nature in your thoughts and in your mind? Or will you be dominated by the Holy Spirit? Can we review the over the four weeks of study that we've been doing this? If your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts, do you like the direction your thoughts are taking you? If not, you have to change the way you think. Because Romans twelve two 2 says, be, therefore be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so, uh, you know, for, for me... For so long, I didn't like the, the direction my, my thoughts were taking me. My, my thoughts were dominated by negative, self-defeating thoughts. You know, you're pathetic. You're never you're going to be good enough. You're never going to measure up. You're always going to be a disappointment to somebody. You don't have what it takes. You can't do this. And if, here's what I know. If you don't control your, what you think, you'll never be able to control what you do because our thinking leads our, our actions. So what are we doing? Therefore, what are we doing? How do we renew our mind? We are identifying the stronghold. Whatever the dominant lie is that we've been believing, whatever that voice inside your mind tells you about yourself, we're going to identify that lie and where our spiritual enemy is talking us out of the truth of God. And after we identify that that lie, then we replace it with the truth of God's Word. What do we do with that truth? Well, we do this. You'll remember this. We write it. We think it. And then we confess it until we believe it. We r- say it with me, somebody. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Say it again. Write it, think it, confess it until we believe it. That's what we do. So, so what do I declare? In my life, where does my mind to be renewed? Let me tell you, Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. So I write it, I think it, I confess it, and I believe it. I'm growing stronger and closer to Jesus every single day. Because of Christ, my family is closer and my faith is deeper. I am focused and blessed beyond measure because the Holy Spirit of God dwells in me. Declare What's true about you? Declare what the Word of God says about what He has done and what He is doing in your life. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Because if you want your life transformed, you have to renew your mind. That's what the Word of God says. So what is true about you? If you don't know, let me declare it. You are not hostage to your unhealthy thoughts because the weapons you fight with are not the weapons of this world. Your spiritual weapons have divine power to demolish strongholds. And, and, and what do you do? By the power and the authority of God, you demolish every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That's the passage of scripture we've used over this course of study. Here's another thing I want you to know about you worry is not your master. Do you hear me? Worry is not your, your master. Why? Because you trust in the almighty God. Because you trust in the Almighty God. And because that's true, then His peace guards your heart and guards your mind in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you another thing that's true about you. You are not a slave to your habits. You are not a prisoner to your addiction. You are an overcomer by the blood of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony. Come on, somebody. You have been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light. We renew our minds. We renew our minds. We renew our minds you can't control what happens to you but you can control how you frame it you can look at life from a negative perspective all the time and say this is bad this is hard or you can look at it from a faith-filled eternal perspective and say God you are good God you are faithful God you are true therefore I know you are going to take care of me and you're going to do what's right and what's good in my life We we are not interpreting God through our circumstances where we say, God, where are you? You must not be good because my life is bad right now. No, what we're doing is we're interpreting our circumstances through the goodness of God. So now we look at our circumstances and say, I look at this through the goodness of God. And because I see the goodness of God, I know that these circumstances circumstances are nothing for me to be worried about. Because I see the goodness of God. And we are not going to be anxious about anything. But in everything, with prayer and petition, we take our requests to God. And the peace of God, the peace of God, not the peace of this world, this world can't give it to you and this world can't take it away from you. It's the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and what else? Your minds, the peace of God. Which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds, in Christ Jesus. So, as followers of Jesus, you're going to let God empower you to win the war in your mind. And when you know the truth, Jesus said, "The truth will set you free." Pray with me. So, Father, do it. Do it. We pray. Just God, I know there are so many in our church family that are overwhelmed with runaway thoughts and, 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 and fear and anxiety. And God, just help us to cast those cares upon you. Help us, Lord God, to cast those cares upon you. Those of you here with your heads bowed and eyes closed, those of you here with a real burden, a fear, something that makes you indescribably anxious, what we're going to do is we're going to symbolically just put it in our God box today. We're going to give it to Him. If you're listening to me today, whether you're here in this building or on the live stream, and there's something weighing on you that might keep you awake at night, it's almost seems like it's almost always there on the tip of your mind. It's always in the back of your mind. Just an ever-present burden that you want to give to god by faith today if that's you today and you say yeah that's me i want you to just slip your hand up so i can pray for you yes yeah anybody else oh yeah all over the any place else you can put it right back down anybody else yeah the hands are going up all over the place you have a worry there's something in your in your life that you're concerned about and you you want to release that you wanted to give it to god is there anybody else yes Father, right now we just release this to you. The relationship, the health issue, the fear, the the, the financial burden, the indecision, whatever it is, God. We just just release it to you. We trust you to be good and we know that you're always faithful. And and God, I pray that you just give us the wisdom to do what we can do and to help us to have the wisdom to understand what we can't do and and, and and when we find those things that we cannot do lord i pray that you'd give us the wisdom and courage to step away from that and give us the wisdom and courage to do what we can do god we're going to trust you with all the things that we cannot control which is almost everything god honestly and no matter what god no matter what we're going to trust you with all of our hearts and we're not going to lean on our own understanding but in all of our ways God, our, in our mind we are going to acknowledge you and, and believe that you, oh God, will make our paths straight. Right now, God, we just release these burdens. Would you do that? just in your own way, in your own mind? Would you just say, Lord, I release it. This is yours? I give it to you. Help me to help me to be to walk in your peace. God, I pray for somebody right now in this place that that there'd be a release in the name of Jesus right now, God, right now we're asking for that. I'm trusting you, God, right now in this moment, we're trusting you that you would release, that you would just, not only that we would be released from the fear and the anxiety and the worry, but God, that we would, you would release your peace in our lives. And that we would sense that, that, that stillness of your spirit, that voice lord god that so often says be still and know that i'm god that we would have the peace of god that even though it doesn't make any sense because it does pass all human understanding we would have the peace that says in the midst of whatever circumstances in which i find myself there is a stillness in my spirit because i know my god is bigger my god is stronger my god loves me lord i pray that you would help us in those moments when the worry starts to come back and the enemy tempts us and our minds start to run away again. Help us, Lord God, in that moment to take that thought captive, to stop it and say, no, I'm not going to go down this road. In the name of Jesus, I release this to you, O God. Teach us, God. Help us to learn how to do this. Help us to retrain our minds. Renew our minds. God, that's what we're asking for. Renew our minds. Because if you renew our minds, then you're going to transform our lives. And we just believe you for it. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.